0: Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, comment, upvote. All of that would be much appreciated. And also join the subtext community. We don't have a lot of information, but when we get it, it gets put there. So join that as well. I'm here with Kara McCutcheon. She's back finally after (laughs) she became a homeowner or maybe a second time. I don't know which time it was, Kara.
1: Yeah, so I just bought my first home, so it's been quite the uh, experience.
0: Yeah, it, I, I, I'm very proud of you. Whenever you do the homeowner thing, you'll never do it any other way. It's just absolutely mm-hmm. the best, even though it can be a headache with expenses that you would normally call mm-hmm. your Super for. So before we get started, we wanted to talk about Pete Golding basically on the show today, but something broke with a tweet from Brandon Marcello where he talked about the eight-game conference schedule is gaining momentum right now before SEC meetings happen next weekend. So what that would mean is that the LSU-Ole Miss game as an every-year annual occurrence is gone. It's gone forever. There's no Arkansas game. It just turns in just like what Tennessee used to be to Ole Miss and Georgia used to beat Ole Miss. It's just going to go and become another game and the only permanent opponent would be mississippi state and my opinion Kara, on this one is if you are going to cost me the Ole miss lsu game so that you can save a couple of bucks buying out mtsu or georgia southern or so we can play that game every year this this is a clown decision this is horrible
1: yeah i agree um i i don't like this at all um losing some of those permanent opponents that you're used to every year uh especially like lsu for us for or like um arkansas even i i i'm kind of confused on why they want to go to this i'm actually curious if this has to do um with the fact that when they kind of went to the more ratings uh driven like when they put teams together and they put Alabama with LSU at that point. I wonder if that caused some shift in like support. So compromise started coming in at that point because Nick Saban was pretty outspoken about not wanting that LSU uh, annual on there. So uh, a little upsetting uh, kind of as a fan.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I'm probably going to ruffle some feathers on this one. And there is just a segment of every fan base. It doesn't matter if you're an Ole Miss fan, a Mississippi State fan, or whatever. They're just soft. They don't want to lose a game. So they want the path of least resistance. They want the easiest schedule possible so that they can go 7-5 and and go to a bowl game. And that is just a low-rent, terrible, honestly, it's a loser's attitude. And you can never achieve what you want to achieve thinking like that. Because I'm going to be honest, the best Southeastern Conference football season as far as competitiveness was probably the COVID year when the SEC just played 10 conference games.
1: Yeah, I I really think we're going to lose some competitive. I know I kind of would rather the nine-game format. Um, I think a lot of us were really excited for that. Um, I can understand from a coaching's perspective, uh, they might not be as big of a fan, um, especially some of the – schools that feel like you know the eight game gave them a better shot but um man that's a low that's a hard blow as a fan uh hearing the eight game thing and losing come at some of those annual um hopefully they kind of deeter from that and go back to a different style format that was before i felt the one where you had the three uh annual opponents was was fair um it worked you know auburn yeah, Auburn had Georgia and Alabama a year, and then they had Vandy, which I felt was fine. I felt that was a very fair giving up to them. I felt um, us getting Arkansas, honestly, I really liked that for me personally. Um, I liked having state, I was Arkansas, because I felt like if we kept Vandy, then we would have to have more of a push to get in the 12 game, because they would come to us and say, well, you have Vandy every year, so I felt like... Us gaining Arkansas was more of a it was more going to help us than hurt us in the long run.
0: Yeah, it's a loser mentality. It's like, hey, we need to at the end of the year have the best record possible for the postseason or whatever is going on, and that means instead of Ole Miss playing LSU, Ole Miss is going to play Georgia Southern or MTSU or ULM, and nobody wants to watch that game in this era that's all about money, and you're going to go after NIL dollars. It may not be season tickets or anything like that. You're going after NIL dollars. You need to put a product in the schedule, not just on the field, that people are interested in. Because I'm going to tell you what, if you go to this eight-gram schedule, you're going to get less money than if you went to a nine-game schedule in the SEC schedule.
1: Well, I think we're a testament to that. Look how much we got when our first four games were what they were last season. And people were more tuned in than they ever had been before to our attendance. And they were saying like, Oh, Lane Kiv had to call them out. And I was like, well, that's just like any other attendance, except they've spread these out throughout their schedule. So you don't, it's not as noticeable, but for us, it was those first four games. So it was noticeable that, you know, a lot of people weren't showing up to some of those central Arkansas or group of five or, you know, FCS games. So adding those in and, and making room for those, um, I don't know. I, I kind of definitely disagree there with that. I yeah. As a fan, I, I was really looking forward to that nine.
0: Keith Carter, if you're watching the show, do not do this. Vote for nine games. Do not take the Ole Miss LSU game away from us as an annual opponent. Honestly, do not take the Arkansas game from us as an mm-hmm. annual opponent. All three of those games are perfect for Ole Miss. And if we, if we end up going – Five and seven and missing a bowl game instead of going six and six when it would have been Arkansas State, we don't care at that point. These games are more important. The bowl games in that case would be that LSU game. That is important for Ole Miss fans. And I, I, I just pray that money doesn't talk. And you sit there in Atlanta and they don't freak out or whatever the meeting is in Destin and they don't do this over that. a situation where you can lose so much tradition. Because it's not just Ole Miss LSU. It'll be Bama LSU. It'll be Florida and Tennessee. It'll be Georgia and Auburn. I mean, a lot of the games that the SEC is built on are in serious jeopardy right now. And the only way whenever you took Texas and Oklahoma in would have been to just say, okay, this is just an extra game. We're going to kind of keep doing what we're doing with these these rivalries that have become the benchmark of the SEC, we're going to add this one in as well. Because this also would mean that Texas and Texas A&M wouldn't play. That's that's the other thing in this eight-game schedule. And that might make Texas A&M happy because they're just a weird bunch. Mm. Uh, but, it, I mean, it's it's just bad for business. It's bad for content. And I hope at least ESPN can step in and say, no, you're going to not. Seriously.
1: Well, wouldn't you use lose one of the oldest rivalries too with Alabama and Tennessee because you would have uh, Auburn you'd and loo- Alabama?
0: Yeah, you'd lose the Deep South's oldest rivalry in Auburn and Georgia.
1: Mm-hmm. There you go. Right. Yeah, because yeah, that and, would and, go and, towards. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it is, it, this is just a horrible idea. This is just a garbage idea, and if they yeah. do this, they deserve all the negative that is going to come their way. And I am going to I am going to spew negativity all the time about this. I'm, oh, I'm planning. Yeah, if it I happens, I
1: would definitely be a hundred percent not behind that at all.
0: Yeah, it is terrible.
1: And as those showing up to these games, I just don't see us supporting it. I don't see a lot of support there. Um, you know, so I'd be interested not till like I put it all on Saban because you know he's always our scapegoat sometimes. But I'd be interested to understand how that shifted so quickly to that and where it came from
0: what i think is happening and and this this is this might be wrong and this is not trash talk do not hear this is trash talk but schools like mississippi state schools like missouri schools like south carolina they're scared of that extra conference game they want that one because six wins are required to get to a bowl game and they're worried that in a nine game season or whatever Six is going to be harder to get to with three non-conference games. If you have to go three and six every year in the SEC, a bowl game is going to be difficult to get to. And maybe they're looking for it, and they need that two hundred thousand dollars that they clear by going to a low-level bowl game. But I mean, the TV contract that is coming up more than compensates for that. And I don't think ESPN would go for this because you're talking about content going away.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. So anyway, yeah, your
1: ratings are going to go down. Yeah.
0: Let's change um, the subject and talk about what we actually came here to talk about today, and that is the reputation of Pete Golding when he came to Ole Miss versus the results that Ole Miss is seeing right now. You have a situation where the shark emoji has become the bat signal at Ole Miss, and whenever you see that tweet, you know something's about to go down. And the defense is kind of being built in a really constructive way, don't you think?
1: Right. You know, and I think – some people look at, and and I might get blasted for this, and that's fine. Some people are realistic, some aren't, and that's okay. But if you look at us trajectory-wise, we have always kind of really struggled on that defensive side. And what Pete is doing and putting us in a lot of these conversations for some of these top players, I see us in more and more graphics than I've seen us in before since Pete has come to Ole Miss. And that's not against Chris, because Chris was primarily up north, and he did a great job recruiting up north. But I'm looking at across the SEC. Across the SEC and across like some of these guys that are interested, I'm seeing us more and more involved in those, in the in those final things. I think um, you know, we look at the top, what, four or five defensive guys rated for Mississippi, and we're at least in a conversation for all of them. We've had three of them that are now committed to us. And I think um, you know, what Pete's doing and what he's building. Um, I think it's Ole Miss fans, we see it, but I think an outside perspective is, oh, that development aspect. And I'm like, okay, well, you're jumping the, you know, jumping the shark, so to say, I guess, but you're jumping that already because we're not there yet. Like, we're not there to that piece. What Pete is doing and what he's building is exactly why Lane brought Pete in. He is bringing us back into getting talent here in Mississippi, staying here. And that's the whole premise behind the SIP. He And Pete excels in recruitment in Mississippi, So I think like people really got to give that phase time because also what were we, the 75th total defense last year, like rank wise. And, you know, Alabama was what in the top 25, top 15, that would be a huge improvement for us. So I think even trying to compare what he was doing at Alabama to what here is just out of the question. You can't compare the two. It's not a comparable program.
0: Well, also, if you look at it, if it gets to the point where let's say Pete Golding gets a top 30 defense, let's just say a top 30 defense at Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin's offense, which has been top 10 every year that he has been here, Mm -hmm. Ole Miss is going to the playoff with that. And I think Lane knows that. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm
0: -hmm. So looking at the camp season that's coming up and everything that is building up, and obviously they're trying to market season tickets and, All of that stuff. There's the whole everybody is dunking on Auburn right now about their Bucky's recruiting post, and which is absolutely hilarious. But what do you see happening over the summer? What should we be paying attention to
1: over the summer? As far as like in recruitment or just
0: recruitment or the football program, whatever you say. What are you going to keep your eyes on?
1: I think a lot of the things to keep the eyes on is, you know, where we're moving and on a recruitment standpoint is what we're doing, who we're talking to. Of course, I know nothing is until signing day. So you can't really get too involved on the commitment as like with so many things that change in the flip watch. But I think one of the things to look at is see kind of some of those areas that we're disrupting that we normally don't and kind of see what they're doing here. Um, I think, Uh, For instance, like with Camp Beavers, I think Alabama is still going to be very much coming for him. But I think we saw with Perkins last year, we were able to keep him. So I think kind of noticing some of those things, I think that we'll see Auburn push for a lot of these guys and and what we do here in that aspect to keep them. I think just watching the whole progression of this recruitment and watching how things go towards National Signing Day is going to be a very interesting thing to watch for. I also am very interested in watching what Franklin does because there's a lot of talk that he's really favored for Tennessee, but I haven't seen him really give much indication of any kind of favoritism. I haven't seen him give any kind of that he's even ready, and I think even if he did, we're, we're not going to stop there. So I think just watching some of those aspects as far as like defensive-wise, um, on offense, um, Norell White, uh, Burnside was kind of very open, and you're kind of seeing him more streamlined with Ole Miss. Norrell White, uh, we're seeing more streamlined towards from Arkansas. Columbus. So I think that recruitment aspect in 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 state is going to be a really interesting watch. Um, not just summer, but throughout for twenty twenty four. All
0: right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, we'll continue to drill down probably on this potential scheduling fiasco that is going to be the story of next week, in my opinion. Um, the fact that Ole Miss Nellis LSU could go away is a major, major deal. Thank you very much, Kara, for coming back. We'll talk to you next week, okay? Hotty toddy. Hottie toddy.